0: Don't think about elephants. Don't. Don't be intimidated. Don't be weird. <laughs> Don't be weird. <laughs> I was doing this like research lab at Ultimate Events, and we're like improvising and shit. And then, VIM was like, one group finishes, the next group's about to get up and try something, and VIM's like, yeah, okay, people, be interesting. <laughs> I'm like,
1: ah, oh, shit, I've been doing it wrong the whole
0: time. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the trick. Okay. Um, I maybe a welcome? Hello, everybody. Welcome to On Bat Radio. Uh, today, we're speaking with Sarah Aiken, and and we're in Melbourne. Hi, Sarah. Hi. <laughs> I might cut that bit out. Okay. <laughs> you're a loser. <laughs> can um can I ask you what you're thinking about, or like what's exciting to you, or what's hounding and bugging you or
1: um I don't really know I I'm a bit confused about that because oh, I, just, question, I right? just went to the bush for a week and, <laughs> and that was enough to like turn the world <laughs> upside down not, not in such a dramatic way but like I haven't I only got back last night and I've only <clears throat> slept since then so yeah, right. I haven't really had a lot of time to
0: yeah and um, that experience is more of a deconstructing not a yeah. constructing
1: yeah yeah but i, I was like th- when you said before about ultimate telling you to be interesting yeah but like it's i'm quite interested in not being very interesting maybe
0: <laughs> to yourself
1: we're not trying to like produce some version of myself that is interesting
0: do you think that you're inherently interesting <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, do you think that, like I do with this podcast, it doesn't have to be interesting now because time will make it interesting?
1: Mm. Maybe.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's even true or if it's bullshit. Yeah. That those sort of things happen. But what like, what kind of things was it throwing up for you about being out in the bush and considering the things? Like, how did you get to the idea that maybe you're not interested in those things? And being interesting and making interesting things.
1: Well, I guess it's just like the relationship between um, producing things mm-hmm. because that is what you're supposed to do when you have an arts career. Is you're supposed to make artwork, and they're supposed to be things. shows that people come to in yeah. places that people know, and obviously. Context doesn't always allow that to happen, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be making things.
0: Um the, You shouldn't be an act of making things, or that you shouldn't, like, in the end, have something that you have made?
1: Nuh-uh. I don't know.
0: Because it feels like a lot of making is... Just some tangible manifestation of the process of asking questions or of like having unknowns that you're not gonna leave as being unknowns or something
1: yeah although I don't think I'm Having the finished product that you're ever really solving any of the problems is mm. just a version of yeah. of where um. you where you're at when the deadline's up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think I guess last week was it was kind of about shifting the focus off outcomes and onto process and onto like
0: mm-hmm.
1: the relationships that that are part of making the process being as important as the 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 thing which allows other people to come into it it's like yeah because I I mean I do think performance is important and having shows that people can come to and engage with this one version of the idea that you're thinking about yeah but maybe I've been I feel like I've produced a lot in the last couple of years and get, I guess going back to process is somehow... Um, ..needs to happen to feed me. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think the, the movie series that captures that best is all the Indiana Jones films. Like, he's teaching archaeology as this archaeology professor, but the things that he's... And, like, his passion for it is being informed by being on the ground in those places and like running through the temple of doom and shit like that.
1: And yeah, so, so I have to guess I have to go running through the temple of doom. Yeah, what's your version Looking of to that? like steal some ancient <laughs> artifacts <laughs> like from like, totally shit all over an entire <laughs> to culture them back to a museum. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's also something that I was thinking a lot about in in Nottingham. Mm. It's a relationship between like using something as source material and taking it somewhere else and then it just being it, a new being in within it. Because there was kind of, at the beginning of the week, there was a lot of conversation like, I want this experience to give me this. I want to take away a work or an idea for a work. Um, yeah. And I was just like, but we're just like in a beautiful place. You can't take this away. You can't like, yeah, it's like the relationship between learning from an experience or a space or a group of people and mining from it. And I think that we have this sort of, I mean, I guess colonial relationship to how we claim things.
0: Mm. And how we um, produce value.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like you have to take the interesting things from something that's outside of your self or that's different or that's other and yeah. then like yeah. synthesize it through your practice to yeah. to bring back into the city and give to people.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's something you can add values to something by putting it through a production process.
1: Mm. Yeah. But maybe it just – everyone should just go to Natomop. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of us trying to like turn it into a thing. Yeah. Or it's just not even about – that particular place.
0: So what then, what would it look like, your version of, you know, going to the archaeological site or in... For some reason I was just thinking about Jurassic Park. like, (laughs) they're so worried about saving the bones at the start of the movie and the dude who's landing in the helicopter is taking them to living dinosaurs (laughs) that it's not actually relevant. The question is, what is your version if you're going to um, be eventually producing again, eventually next week or eventually next year
1: or whatever? I mean, I guess the most obvious way of doing that is using the the context of the theatre as the material for the work in the theatre so that you're not... Bringing outside things in, you're just dealing uh, with that situation. Yeah, there isn't
0: the theatre though, just an, effectively like an empty room.
1: No, because it's filled with people, people <laughs> and context and okay. history.
0: Ah, uh, okay, and tradition and a studio also. Then
1: yeah, totally. Any space,
0: any space
1: has information. Yeah, I mean that's pretty obvious, but.
0: Well, yeah, obvious in a way that you know it and I'd forgotten it.
1: Yeah, obvious in a way that's, like, impossible to see after you're in it all the time. But no, theatres are not neutral.
0: Mm.
1: And I guess that's kind of what I was sort of trying to do with Sarah Aiken. Was like deal with it. I don't I'm not talking about myself. No, I'm talking about a work This named collaborator after that I've
0: been working with, called Sarah Aiken. She's really great. She's SarahAiken.com. That's no tea. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, but I was like, what does it mean for me to think that I'm worth listening to and that I can take this space here? Yeah, and lots of people at the moment, I feel like, are making, are trying to deal with this by making works that are forming like democratic communities or a situation that is more fluid and less hierarchical. But I, that's a very hard thing to do because you're always leading that project. So your agenda is always imposed on the people that yeah. you're... So instead of doing that, I was kind of like, if I go the other direction and I just acknowledge that I'm imposing myself on the audience, the other performers in the work the Mm theatre and just go deeper into that and like Mm -hmm. this is about me this is about making my performers I mean not making them but like they're there to facilitate my Mm -hmm. desires so that became the work like I am making myself bigger through all of these other people through all of this tech and because you can't, because you can't avoid it. If you're making a show, then you.
0: Yeah. It's you because you want time.
1: to make a show. Yeah. If I didn't want, if I wanted to have a like a democratic space, then it wouldn't be, it couldn't be facilitated by one person. Otherwise, it's already. Mm. Yeah.
0: When you're talking about uh, exaggerating or supporting or facilitating your own desires. So they become bigger and they become um, obtuse rather than subtle and intrinsic. How do you pick and choose amongst your desires which ones you're going to listen to and which ones you're going to be too embarrassed to put in public or...? (laughs)
1: You mean apart from naming a show after myself? Because yeah. I'm clearly, like, deeply insecure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would
0: love to do that.
1: Name a show after yourself.
0: One day. Mm-hmm. Although I remember when I was at Dance North and Gavin Weber was the choreographer there. Anytime there was a photo shoot, he was never in the photo shoot. And so I've kind of, like, modelled an aspiration after that that I will never be... Unless I'm performing in a show. You're not That present. I'm not going to be, like... The director standing still while mm. the dancers blur in the background because actually the director should be invisible as like a good composer unless they're a yeah. the show yeah, yeah, unless the show is about how the director has an agenda. Sarah Aiken, <laughs> like just like a good composer, actually you should not really hear the soundtrack of a film. You should just feel mm. that you've gone on this journey unless you are into soundtracks.
1: Yeah, I guess in. The- if you're talking about cinema, though the director is the one whose agenda is being facilitated by the by the composer.
0: Yep.
1: So yeah, it's like I guess yeah. In in my work, how much were Emily and Claire in the work? Yeah. Like they were their bodies, their whole selves were, but they were there doing work for me. So in some ways, their job is to. I don't know, not remove themselves. No, but... But, yeah, but make their yeah. their identity...
0: Yeah. Calibrate it to be um, complementary to yeah. the agenda of the show. And so that's why they were there, and why were you there?
1: I did think about not being there for a while. Uh-huh. For some reason, I think I like nearly stacked my bike and had a flash where I was like, if I hurt myself, I'd have to... Replace. recast myself in a work where I'd already done that twice <laughs> you know like I already had these two sort of body doubles Yeah. and then if I wasn't in there at all how would that change it because then I would be able to I would have extended myself further by having four versions of myself because I would have been sitting in the audience bank and then three and what about when the
0: microphone gets to you to say your name in the audience bank <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: But it didn't happen. Um, and I really like performing. Yeah. So I guess also I'm facilitating that desire through my work. That's why I'm always in my work because I do like to be on stage. Um,
0: I can I ask you about the what you briefly mentioned before about what is – why to why to keep doing this and what is important about it or significant about it?
1: About making shows, yeah. Sometimes I don't think it is important or significant, but but, it, or maybe I I struggle with why it's important and significant for me to be doing it because why is my voice more important than heaps of people?
0: Perhaps your ego is not big enough.
1: Because if, if you had a bigger ego... Then I would never have thought that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did make a show named after myself. I think we yeah. all know my ego is massive. No, no, no. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, there are a lot of voices that don't get heard. Mm. So me taking, like, you know, I'm taking up cultural space. I'm making people... I mean, I'm, again, I'm not making anyone do anything, but, like, I'm there doing the performance they're somehow obligated to sit there and experience what I've created for that. Like, why is that important for anyone to hear? Yeah. See that? And I don't really have a good answer. Yeah. Maybe it's not. But then you can never... That's also very, like, patronising to assume that people can get nothing out of it because who am I to
0: Do you think about that say when that, you're crafting a show, though? Like, what is, what is the... Benefit,
1: like the is—is it socially beneficial beneficial. or changing? Uh, No, not. I mean, I think I think art is like I think performance is really important, and I think the experience that I have when I go to the theater is really important and has like affected me in so many ways. So Mm. I can't say that other people wouldn't be gaining something from my work. And I do, you know, I, I, don't, I make work from places that I care about or I think about a lot. Mm. Yeah. You know, I don't make shows about, like...
0: Shit you don't care about.
1: Yeah. I mean, even the idea of making shows about... is <laughs> 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 <it's> weird.
0: Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I even remember, actually, the driving force, I feel like the things that I make is that I don't see it's already, I think that it needs to exist and I don't see somebody else doing it. Mm. And so I feel like, okay, I'll do it. So you
1: have an obligation to fill that.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, but of course that's usually ego driven as well. But totally, if I could convince somebody else to do Wombat Radio, they
1: (laughs) need to step away. Uh, Yeah,
0: Because (laughs) it's being done. I think it needs to happen.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's why you do anything because you s- feel like it's important for that to be I hope done. So. Unless you're just doing it for the cash.
0: Yeah, well, that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm just like waiting for the day when someone gives me the opportunity to sell out. Actually, I've been mm. trying really hard to sell out for a long time, and I don't know how. I Think happens. you're
1: in the wrong industry. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> what about you hit the commercial big time, main stage contemporary dance?
0: Yeah. 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 What about um aspiration? Because no, that's enough. Don't because you're looking at me like you're ready to listen more, and so I'm gonna like fill the space and say more about it. But I'm asking you about your aspiration.
1: Yeah. Like, that's something I've been thinking about a lot. It's like Yeah, I guess it comes back to that question about like why is it important for me to do the thing and how much of it is aspiration or ambition and how much of it is because it needs to be done and how the culture we live in values ambition and aspiration and doing more and going further and reaching and and in some ways taking more and more. you know like that's very much a part of how we live it's like your value is in what you've done and where you've been and like experiences that kind of move away from the simple life i don't know <laughs> it's, it's well, like about accumulation or yeah like, you know, accumulation sure. of experiences and like capital yeah and i mean obviously people working in the arts it's they're not usually driven by possession whereas i think a lot of people like want to get the house and the car like we're all have accepted that that's never going to happen, but it doesn't mean that we're separated from that culture of wanting more. It's just that that is uh, people want people knowing my name, you know, like all of these things.
0: Yeah, it's same. it's
1: the same. It's the same as me owning a house. It's like that's great. I've achieved tick.
0: I inspected a car last week. A little four wheel drive lane cruiser.
1: Don't, don't you have a um, little? Um, muscle cut,
0: though? A li- yeah, a little Mustang. <laughs> what
1: a little Mustang.
0: But I can't go off road with that.
1: Oh, right.
0: So, yeah, two. You need to, like, <laughs> cars. multiple cars for some reason. Do you know what? It's because not enough people are saying my name in my shows.
1: There you go. So you I'm need to un- balance yourself shit. with cars.
0: <laughs> but maybe the word that you used, actually, ambition, is better. Like, I w- I'm curious about your ambition to, like, if you know how mm, about living with it.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well I, I'm like I feel like I'm really conflicted because I do have ambition, but I also see the problems with that. Um, because I don't think you'll ever be satisfied. Because there's always someone who's achieving more, doing more, mm. smarter, makes better work, like whatever it is that you want to be able to produce, there's it's it's endless, which is also, like, why there is so much great stuff because that's a real motivator, mm. but it also has such a relationship to how we live on the planet and the situation we've got ourselves in because we're sort of conditioned to be never satisfied with anything. So how do you... Yeah, how do you, like, live in a way that is sustainable environmentally and emotionally and feel like you can contribute, but without it being about gaining more or reaching further. And I think that, I think the answer to that, I mean, I think the answer to that is like engaging with the community.
0: Yeah. I was going to say it's a social issue. More than anything else, because that's where all of those things intersect.
1: Yeah, and it, and so that the things you're sending out are actually coming back. Yeah. So that it's not a, a one way energy output because that's exhausting. It's unsustainable.
0: Mm. And but I wonder if sustainability um, could it be AKA monotony. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like that thing. It's like we've achieved so much because ambition is a really strong driver to expand out to do more. Like,
0: yeah. yeah. Was it a B? I don't think so. Why?
1: Ah. Oh. Oh. You. Sorry, <laughs> right.
0: oh, I need to just It's a fly screen. <laughs> he doesn't know that it's a fly screen. Let's just... A... Velvet. Velvet, that yeah. shit. <laughs> Velvet is a
1: solution. <laughs> Velvet, it's good. It's a
0: yeah. um, There is the idea that I was reading about this morning um, that hope... Is the, most pa- is the most compelling state to be in. And optimism is just as passive as pessimism. Um, and the thing that draws us towards hope is as soon as we consider a possibility, then we make a judgment about whether that possibility is preferable or not. And then the longer we entertain that idea, um, we start putting... Anxiety on that possibility slipping away. If we've decided that whatever the possibility is, it's not even a probability yet, that it may not happen, then that anxiety pushes us to to,
1: to foster the yeah the to idea.
0: foster the idea or the thing, and then that leads to the way that we act and interact. And so, some kind of anxiety is. Beneficial for creativity and um, ambition
1: yeah, because if you're content, you don 't need to produce yeah, yeah, or if you're just blindly optimistic that,
0: mm. but then I wonder about that because because of like what you said that we 're not in a closed system where everything comes back around, like there is entropy, mm-hmm. shit runs out like our cells are dying through each respiration. And we take a lot of disposable resources, even just from clothing. Uh, Oxygen. (laughs) We're taking up a lot of oxygen. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Right now, yeah. (laughs) So there's... mm, I'm very interested in what you're talking about with um, ambition versus sustainability, yeah. and that that is a conflict and that that is uh, 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 that it brings anxiety because anxiety it, this thing that I was reading was proposing that anxiety is one of the biggest drivers for hope and so ambition mm. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> you, you will be just as ambitious as you are anxious about your Sustainability being compromised by your ambition.
1: <laughs> oh God! <Right> on me. <laughs> mm.
0: And what you going to do about it? <laughs> like, so like, make some shows or be in some process or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm curious because we often talk about sustainability in terms of pro- of product, mm. but I'm really curious about how. you how you're going to move forward with nourishing process now that you just because you bring up that like a lot of this tps reflection was about feeding the producer
1: Yeah. Yeah, feed, yeah. I mean,
0: it's not live. You can take as long as you need. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Because, yeah, what's the point of being fed if only, like, feeding the producer if then you're just making another product?
0: Yeah, well, I I think because producers, you know, for us, we're thinking about producing work, but say my uncle runs an orchard and so in his entire world or my aunties run cattle stations they are producers Mm. primary producers Um, and they can only give away what they don't need or they can only sell and commodify what they don't need and so like at some point if they're pushed to give away or sell enough eventually they won't have what they need Mm. and won't be able to
1: to keep producing.
0: producing more. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty shitty open ended question. I guess I'm just asking <laughs> you for some sort of out loud self reflection on where you're at with your interests and
1: ambition. Yeah, I don't really know. I don't really have an answer, but. I guess this, lately I've been doing a bit of teaching and that's sort of the logical place to start returning things rather than always taking, consuming the information, the experiences, Um, and I think that's a really interesting balance between making things for me and making or giving back to mm. a community.
0: But then I like—I remember walking along St Kilda Road at midnight like five or ten years ago, Anthony Hamilton, because we'd just gone to St Kilda... What's that big, like pub that's on St Kilda, this is like live music, and oh, it looks SB. Like SB. to see Tim Dog like the original dog before Snoop Dogg it's like a rap concert and um, we were talking about this very thing and about um, giving as much as you are taking from the community that you're in and a part of mm. and Anthony had a good point to make that yes like the little league coaches on the sunday that go and coach set of seven and eight year old kids football teams or whatever are totally within the community and giving back and giving the information they know but those little kids want to go and play that game in the first place because of the people that they're seeing who are reaching really high levels with it mm-hmm. so there's like an inspiration that comes from people who are ambitious, yeah, to push the form itself—that is, yeah, just and as it, valid. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean,
1: that's right. about having a, a whole ecology. Like, you can't do everything. You like, you, to some extent, you have to specialize because it's very hard to have all of the skills that you need to be able to yeah. to make work, to teach, to. Yeah be a collaborator like those are all very different skills
0: yeah um i'm just reflecting that in relationship to the idea that maybe you haven't been giving back by making shows and so that teaching is this way that you can give back yeah
1: yeah it's like the
0: natural thing that most of us artists go to thinking about is it like this producing is a selfish act and process is a selfish act but actually If I teach, that's a giving act. And it'd be nice if we could remember the ecology.
1: Yeah. And all of the things are important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine, I don't want to put words into your mouth, so correct me, but I imagine that your ambition drives you to be there, like, at the point in the ecology that is pushing form and inspiring, uh... The direction of the conversation. So, what it looks like from the outside, ideally.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. I I mean, I don't want to. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I'm not interested in just making shows so that I can be famous. Perform shows. Yeah. Like I do want to challenge. Like I guess I use my projects to think about things differently. Like it's about me learning and hopefully maybe someone watching them might think something. Cool. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, like, a process does sustain the it, process yeah, it because can. it is about, like, yeah. research and investigation. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to understand a problem. So, it, it does fuel itself in some ways. But maybe there's a version where it doesn't need to be then a, a, show. a product. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think lots of people are, are working with that yeah. in really interesting ways. Like, that's not, this is not a new idea no, by no. any stretch.
0: No, it's, a, it's like, it's a nice thing to put the work that you've been doing by thinking through um, physical work and manifestation and form to put that into some structure that then you can share with people, mm. that then other people may benefit from what you've discovered, which I guess is why Indiana Jones brings back the idol from the Temple of Doom because then it like, that's his way. He actually probably just likes the adventure and the story behind it. Um, but
1: but he can justify it through an institution.
0: Such <laughs> bullshit, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I'm not, I don't know how I feel about this Indiana Jones metaphor anymore. Yeah, let's let that shit go. <laughs> he's a bit of a jerk. <laughs> he's like the
0: the Captain Kirk version that, like, never leaves Earth. Like, takes crazy risks and is a womanizer and leaves mm. destruction in his past. Yeah. It's like the, the epitome of entitlement, actually. Mm,
1: yes. <laughs> I think you spot on there. Um Indiana Jones is not my inspiration.
0: (laughs) What's your inspiration?
1: I don't know. (laughs) Um, What's my inspiration? I mean, it's always just like dealing with these problems that are coming up. It's like, what does it mean to be producing in a world where there's too much product? But having the desire to produce... Like what do you do with that wow. problem?
0: That's massive, because that can be applied to children as it can be applied mm. to Einar as can be yeah, applied. Yeah, totally. To... <sighs> and how, what do you do with that? Like when you go into a process with these things, how do you then think through action?
1: Well, I mean, I guess what I'm talking about is a lot. What I kind of realized after making my last work, when I was making it, I was yeah. like, I just want to be really big. I'm gonna make my limbs really long. I'm gonna like, and then that was that fed this yeah. conversation in a way. Like, yeah. I don't know how aware I am of what I'm trying to do when I'm doing it. Mm. I'm like, this. Do- I find a thing, and then I'm like, this does something. I'm interested in it. Why am I interested in it? What is it doing? and then going into that as the idea and and finding other ways of making that Mm. material. But yeah, I don't know if, if we had this conversation before I made Sarah Aiken, that I would have known what I was trying to do.
0: Mm. Would you feel like I was stealing your idea if I made a work called Matt (laughs) Cornelow?
1: That'd be great because it would be actually a continuation of my work because and which would make me even bigger because then it would be like franchising. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which is, like, yeah, I'm this. interested in this idea of like okay. the artist
0: franchising.
1: Contract. Yeah, because then I really am expanding beyond myself because my idea has been taken and
0: mm.
1: gone off in another direction, mm. which is great.
0: <laughs> yeah, next you'll be forming a youth company into it. <laughs> floating on the stock market imagine there's a word for that anyway doesn't matter Um, I want to ask you about aesthetic so I've been doing um, websites for people recently and for myself and some parts of myself break off into uh, like a, a band or a choreographer or a photographer and i notice i've noticed when i'm searching for like wordpress themes or other inspiration that visual artists have a white website mainly with text and some photos of them doing stuff or in a gallery presenting the stuff that has text on the wall it's like a e-version of a white cube gallery yeah the bands usually have like a black website it's like a recreation of the stage of the space
1: that you perform in
0: yeah and i'm curious okay. do you have a com?
1: well it's net because com was taken by this really boring looking Sarah Aiken who's like in marketing or something but you, you do what you gotta do um yeah. but you can't really find it because i'm not very good at technology and it's on like page three when you okay, google
0: but what's me. the aesthetics of it
1: it's Really bland. Is it white? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, I'm not very good at a sex. Like, I don't really know how to like dress myself or like make my shows look good. You know, like I'm not a very visual person.
0: What kind of person are you?
1: Um, quite a badly dressed one.
0: <laughs> so when I'm most recently, I did a residency at Frank Sinatra Center collaborating with Joshua Thompson in this duet called "Blokes." Tagline: Beyond the beer and the bullshit. Just so everyone doesn't think that I'm like reinstating that shit. Uh, and I think it's super lucky because I have no idea about set. And Josh actually did a cabinet maker's apprenticeship. And so not only can build it, but has a, like an interest and a vision. Mm. Whereas I compose sound in my off seasons. And so I made the Q Lab because I have all those skills already and I can hear and i'm aware so shit bugs me that just would go over other people's heads and so i wonder for for you what is that like you're saying you're visually challenged
1: <laughs> i think i'm audially challenged as well though so oh, like order or, like or audio oh yeah right and, i um yeah
0: so what is your thing what is your thing that you can see that you have the vision for, that you have the taste for, that you can that you're aware of?
1: I don't know. An Idea. Hmm. I mean, I obviously have an aesthetic, but I don't feel like it. It's one that I is particularly. Like, my work's not about creating a, an original aesthetic.
0: <laughs> okay. And That's it obviously
1: hard. has one, but I don't, like. I think it just kind of comes out of necessity. Oh yeah. Because it's like that's what I'm working with I don't know.
0: But, um, I guess I'm asking what is the thing that, that you are aware of that the other people in your team are not or that you can see and that keeps bugging you until you do something about it.
1: Well, I guess I want the work to to do whatever it is then think that the work needs to do and all of those other elements need to serve that and sometimes that means the aesthetic needs to invite people in because I don't want to be alienating and I think that's really important that it's not about that the challenge that work that challenges things doesn't need to be
0: challenging To sit with. Yeah,
1: it doesn't need to be hard work.
0: Damn straight.
1: Because I think that gets a bit elitist.
0: Yeah, and it also means that you haven't done much of a job as the creator.
1: Yeah, and you know, like I think it's important that people outside of this little bubble we live in can find some way of of getting in if they don't necessarily come to it with the same perspective you know like my mom comes to my work and she gets something from it which is very different from what mm. the rest of the art world will get from it but I think it's important to to facilitate that and I think that's where aesthetic can be really helpful mm. um, and I use a lot of really crappy technology which, which kind of comes across as like a bit of a gimmicky idea like the panorama extension or in set I use this like Um, what's it called, difference mapping. It's just in photo booth, like it's really easy to get. But it kind of interests people in a different way than movement because that can be quite hard for people to jump on board with.
0: I think that movement can be really easy for people to jump on board with because I see people stop in the street to watch buskers and they're doing movement. Mm. So there's something that they've seen that person doing. I think perhaps the movement that we have been trained in maybe isn't easy to get on board with.
1: Yeah, both. and within the context of the theatre as well. When you come ah, in there and you're expecting movement, that's yeah, very different. Okay. So framing it for people is really important because mm. otherwise it it's like I'm coming to watch a dance. Of course, there's someone dancing.
0: Yeah, actually... Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about this.
1: <laughs> He's got this <laughs> he phrase
0: um, where he says, and I shock the muscle, which means that he surprises his muscular system by the next workout that he goes and does. And so they can't get disengaged or they can't fall back and become lazy or find more efficient economical ways to do that
1: because sure, bodybuilding is not about efficiency, no, at all. Because you don't need to lift that shit. <laughs> yeah, um, and you and don't so, need to be that big to lift that shit. <laughs> no.
0: And so, in a way, you're kind of saying the same thing that you need to frame it so that it is, um, so that the palate is ready to receive it, but then also it receives it in a way that
1: yeah, it I is think aware of. Framing is so important so that you you can notice things like. I got my hair cut the other day and all of a sudden in every single photo from the last week I'm like oh my god I look like my older sister and I can never see that people are always telling me I look like my sisters but I'm like whatever but as soon as I change something about myself I see them both my sisters so much and I just thought I was like I mean that's it's just like recontextualizing my face (laughs) that's all the hair does yeah and all of a sudden I'm like oh now I look like Alex
0: okay (laughs) how do you know what is needed for the framing, not the haircut.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> because that that's like that's yeah. a huge part of your uh, skill as an artist. It sounds like
1: <laughs> don't know <laughs> depends on whether or not it's successful.
0: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: But yeah, I guess I guess it comes back to like Um, considering how people with different perspectives what they will see and how to like thinking about how framing things is going to make people notice particular things Mm. and I can only really do that from my perspective but I can try and imagine Mm. how other people might come to it and sometimes I get other people to come and tell me
0: (laughs) yeah yeah. But no,
1: I'm very bad at that. I think I need
0: to get better at inviting just, people in. Okay. You, uh, you, during process to mm. give you feedback.
1: But it's always it's always a weird thing because then you're like, but that's just what you want.
0: Yeah. It's a very special. It's like you
1: need to get all people in or no one.
0: <laughs> or just someone who is beyond their singular vision of what they would do.
1: Yeah. Who
0: can contextualize something for you outside of that awareness. Yeah. I feel like. Helen Herbertson is one of those people that's seen enough and done enough that she, actually even S-Rod, Sarah Rodagari, <laughs> um, like has her own thing going on enough that her own thing can be her
1: own thing. She doesn't mm, need your doesn't thing need to. to be her thing. Yeah. yeah, totally. So it takes a certain amount of um, letting go of your own agendas to be a yeah, good Facilitator,
0: feedback giver. Yeah, I know. Lee Wilson has uh, this standpoint that we, as trained practitioners of making shows, can no longer be an audience. Mm. And I push back against that because um, I think what is actually happening is that I am still an audience but I am an audience who's also watching myself experience the things that I'm experiencing in the same way that a novelist can still read and enjoy a novel, but it can also sees the construct and also yeah. sees the character flaws.
1: Yeah. I think that's also presumptuous that people who don't make performance can't do those same things in a different way, but
0: mm. yeah, that's okay. a nice idea.
1: Just because I make dance doesn't mean I watch dance better than anyone else. <laughs> or maybe it, it makes yeah. me watch it worse. I don't know,
0: because I think yeah, actually that's a really nice point. I thought I've thought that before about David and Margaret. Margaret and David. They're like the movie reviewers yeah. on SBS or ABC. Anyway, one of those stations which is the name is made up of letters. <laughs> 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 um, and I've I've often thought, holy shit, they are really good at watching movies. Probably could not make one.
1: Yeah, it's a different skill.
0: Yeah, it's a hell of a different skill.
1: And also, like, everyone has some experience with making or, or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's it's kind of assuming that people in the arts are the only ones with the skills to, to have a process or to be creative. Yeah. So just...
0: But maybe we have more practice at being in a very active unknown. Yeah. So definitely not of ignorance. Mm. Like we're not accepting ignorance. We're stepping forward into unknowing as a process and journey and pathway and like as a yeah, as an active effort.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's an interesting problem to make work that encourages people to watch actively.
0: Got any insights? No. Epiphanies?
1: No, I just like, I would like that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Just ask for it in your program. (laughs) Like, could you please just try really hard (laughs) while watching this? No, but I, I think that, like, by making work that does draw, I mean... Isn't that just making good work? I hope people. so. <laughs> yeah. In my mind. Yeah, that's like, of course that should be the aim. If you
0: don't care, I have failed at making a yeah. piece. Yeah. And even if, like, you don't need to care on your behalf, but on somebody's behalf Mm-mm-mm. or feel, even if you don't understand. Yeah, I'm really about feeling. I'm about the feels. <laughs> about and the there's place. some lols, like, to pay off to, like, thank you for coming and having these feels. Here's some lols.
1: Yeah, it depends on the context, though. Not everyone's work. Can have, have
0: walls, walls.
1: Mm. and I think that's important because it is easy especially maybe as Australians to like be like think about this but also don't take it too serious yeah, and I'm totally guilty of that because I do think it's a good in for people because they're like I'm having a emotion or maybe I'm also having a thought then rather than like this is uncomfortable and I'm trying really hard to figure it out but mm. yeah,
0: that a- like,
1: lightness is yeah, it's also a bit of a barrier. It's like, oh, but it's not too serious, so I don't need to like be afraid of it. It's always interesting when you make a show that it has the potential to be funny. The nights when it's funny, and the nights when it's not funny, and like when you give the audience permission to see it as humorous, because like dancing's pretty funny. <laughs> It's going up in front of someone and moving around and allowing them to like have that perspective on it means maybe they can also have other perspectives on it and it's not like nothing is Mm. the right or the wrong way to.
0: Yeah. Can you flesh out this pluralism a little bit for me?